Cousin Harold the webcomic. Follow the adventures of Harold the greatest rat detective as he stops crime and eats some cheese, solves mysteries and eats some cheese, finds... Oh, he just eats a lot of cheese. The Cousin Harold webcomic is updated five days a week for your enjoyment at www.cousinherald.com. This is Ink Studs on the Road. Um, one of our stops. Uh, we're finally in LA after a long hairless journey down the coast that involved uh, elephant seals and uh, I don't know what else we saw. Trees and uh, Henry Miller's library and much else. Um, some lizards, even. Some lizards, yes. And some squirrels. Did you see the squirrels, squirrels on the side of the road that would, like, come up and kind of, like, accost you and you had to give them stuff and yeah, they would absolutely. stand on you? Yeah. Well, they didn't stand on us, but they were right there looking with, like, kind of, like, the way squirrels with their arms, like, they're showing off their muscles. Yeah. I took a yeah. photo of, of me giving one of them a finger. <laughs> they're, they're super aggro. Those Northern California squirrels by the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys do to your squirrels? Uh, it's just up there, man. Like, those... I, they, yeah, when my kids were like, uh, I think like four and six, we went up there and they were just all over them. It was crazy. Like, they were, I mean, it was weird. And we weren't even feeding them. They would just kind of like come up and like stand on your foot. And then, I mean, I guess because people would feed them. No but, boundaries. Yeah, no, seriously, no boundaries up there. They're just hippie squirrels that want, want to hug you sometimes. Um, just so folks know, the person talking is uh, Jordan Crane. Jordan's um, work you'll be familiar with from Uptight, uh, Keeping to uh, What Things Do, and uh, the great non-anthologies, and a, The Clouds Above, and The Last Lonely Saturday, and uh, I'm going to get the name of the book wrong, the Cola one. Oh, Coldy. God, oh, yeah. a forgotten book. It's, it's in here. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. Safely tucked away. In a box. <laughs> um, within a box. A box <laughs> within a box. There you go. It's wrapped up. Uh, Jordan's been on a couple of times, actually. We talked... I can't remember the first time we talked. It was quite a while ago. And then there was the What Things Do thing. Yeah, when you and Sammy Harkin came on. That was when you were starting funny. to put that site together. Yeah. Um, and we're in LA, and I figured if anyone is... Someone in LA I want to talk to, it would be you because also what things do is kind of a lot of LA folks because you have Wiseman, right? Um, does Johnny Ryan? I got fam. Johnny doesn't. Johnny doesn't have any on there. Um, it's a sad place. But yeah, <laughs> but he, yeah, I know. I think he's like, he's he's. I mean, he's got enough outlets that he's just kind of like, uh, do I have to send something over here? Uh, I'm already sending it. You he's know, gonna and, send you, know. you a bag of dog shit for his <laughs> like, That's what you get. Here you go. Scan it. Um, yeah, uh, I would have to have it in front of me. Um, Harkham has stuff on there. Um, I, I would just have to look at it. Yeah, Harkham, Fam, uh, Reggie, uh, I mean, anybody who I can get to, I'm not going to look at it. Anybody who I can, who I can, who, who's willing to put it up there. Um, you know, it's, it really comes to, I'd love to have a lot more, but the thing is, like, you know, it comes down to just, you know, me actually putting it up there, <sighs> which, <laughs> well, it's a couple of minutes ago, uh, before we started, you said something about how, like, you're kind of, unless it's comics or your kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I've pretty much given up on everything except making comics and, and fatherhood because I mean, cause right now it's just like, that's, that's, I, you know, I, I, you know. You know, my kids are growing up and there's a lot of work to do, you know, and I'm just kind of, it took me like a long time to just kind of come to terms with the fact that I can't do fucking everything. <laughs> um, you know, and so that's good. You know, simplifying it like that has, has helped a lot just in terms of like being able to work and focus and not spend a bunch of time and energy doing things that aren't comics which is really what I want to do I mean I, I love doing illustration and I love being asked to do illustration and it's super fun um and other projects too like design mm -hmm. and and uh I mean you know a lot of design but I think the last time we talked you were working on the high mate book mm -hmm. yeah and I, you saying like that was your last book design gig for a while I don't know there was a high mate book and I did uh I did the um there's this uh, movie theater in town called Cine Family, okay. and they have newspapers, and I did the, mm -hmm. like, layout for that for, I mean, years. I 
as well. And I was like, why am I doing this? I, <laughs> I'm doing it because I really like this newspaper and I want it to exist, but fuck. <laughs> it takes like three days. And, you know, it's stuff like that where I'm just like, okay, stop doing this and this. And then, you know, there's a ton of stuff for the local school that actually I did the, uh, I did the, I, the actual school mascot and, oh, nice. you know, did the full, like, graphic design suite for the whole, like, you know, I did the stationery and the whole, like, you know, pre... What was the school mascot? It's an eagle. I could, I'll, I'll dig up a shirt yeah, with it on see. there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best school mascot that ever fucking existed. It's amazing. <laughs> like, I'm like, I get to make an elementary school mascot. And, and they were the eagles. And the thing about the thing about eagles, if you just go to Google Image Shows, because I was like, look, I'm not going to waste my time. Like, I'm just going to like, this doesn't need to be a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm just going to copy an existing thing that's decent. You know, fuck it. Why not? You know, I'll just improve on it a little bit. It's not going to be a big deal. Google image search eagle. And all eagle mascots everywhere, except mine, everywhere <laughs> are fierce and angry. And I'm like, this is a fucking elementary school. Like, you want a fierce, like, fucking warlike mascot? That's bullshit. So I'm like, what do you want? You want an intelligent, friendly eagle, right? Nice. Which has never been drawn before. Until now. <laughs> so on our, on our drive down the coast, um, probably like, what, three hours from here, um, we drove by. First, I saw this, like, giant eagle thing on the side of a mountain. It was the weirdest thing. It was just like, was it stone or paint? Yeah, or it was, something? It was it was, by like an army base. Well, no, it was by a prison. That was where the prison was. Oh, wow. Well, there, was, there was army stuff. Was there, there that too? Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to have a prison, it should be in an army base. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Cover your bases. Yeah, you, which yeah. should be attached. Why not? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Maybe it's a army prison. Same people. Why not? I know, and then they could, just, they could actually <laughs> just go straight to the army. It could be like the Foreign Legion. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, we will pardon you. You get, you get... That could be a comic story. You get released from prison and immediately just go get shipped off to a war. <laughs> Seriously. I mean... Or vice versa. I mean, in all the conditions... Dystopian future, it makes perfect sense. I don't know. I'm trying to think what's worse, prisoner, being in the army. Prison, for sure. Being in the army is all fun. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? I mean, most of it's just drinking, right? I mean, I'm not to be... Well, they both have... And getting killed. There's prostitutes yeah. as well. Right, and then prostitutes. <laughs> Trading cigarettes, that's jail. Yeah. But you actually can buy packs of, or cartons of cigarettes. That's the army, right? You just, yeah. I don't know. Totally different. Nobody's like a, nobody's, I mean, I'm sure there's people that are, but nobody should be proud of being a prison veteran. <laughs> I've met some people. No, I'm, I, yeah. I was, they call them ex-cons. <laughs> yeah. I can't take it on the outside. Gotta go back in. Um, are, you, are you speaking for yourself now, Robin? Yeah. Uh, I'm totally derailed now. <laughs> I was I was interested looking looking uh, at Jordan's bookshelf downstairs. Oh yeah, we could go through that. It was really it was cool to see the the because I, I read a lot of manga and just uh -huh. the selection of manga that you had down there was really interesting. It's not a big selection. I mean, there's the but it was a nice selection. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I like most of the manga I like is is drawn not exactly in the manga style. Dragonhead's fucking amazing. That like yeah, uh, it seemed like mostly horror stuff. Oh and yeah and the the uh, the spiral the Uzumaki that, yeah yeah that one's really great. Um, and I don't know if there's, there's a couple others, but yeah, though, I mean, just, you know, yeah, they're both really good. When I was That's thinking in relation good. to your work though, it's interesting because I always say that manga and comic or in horror and comedy are the hardest things to do because you have to evoke a specific emotion where if you right. do like science fiction or action or something, it can be, you have a range of emotions that you can feel and your work seems to be something where you're specifically working with emotion. Huh. Like you're you're trying, it's a lot of a lot of human feelings going through that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I was, I don't know if I specifically say I'm working with them consciously. Anyway, I mean, I'm I, I think the main thing I'm trying to, um, replicate is like a state of mind. Mm -hmm. I guess you know, like the 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 subjective experience of. Um, of a person as mm -hmm. as an event happens without uh and, and then creating a sort of way into that subjective experience through the comics without overtly stating it i guess i mean that's really clangy and you know <laughs> a mess and it sounds like it's a recipe for awfulness uh but i mean 
I think that's what I like about, you know, a lot of work that I really like is, you know, and I mean, no, but that's just, you know, creating, a, you know, a subjective experience of, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. How about that's a less clangy way of saying it and <laughs> much works. more boring as well. But I mean, it's true, though. It's and, and that's, I guess, what I'm trying to do is just like. Um, and I guess the emotion is is a, a part of that. You know, the, the sort of like high emotion that happens in mundane or, you know, fairly un remarkable circumstances uh is is exciting to me you know and then how that changes with respect when you know to a to a circumstance that is remarkable um and how it can you know just some sort of fluctuation i really liked how you um you you show death in this kind of longhand way that gets shorthanded by just showing like this kind of Casper the Friendly Ghost dotted lined outline over uh -huh. here, and then later on when you just use that by itself, it like it has so much weight to just this like really cartoony. Do you think a lot about kind of comics language and kind of kind of? It's almost like you're teaching the audience your own language while you read it, and then they they know it later when you just throw it in with shorthand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly it. I think that like, uh, I mean, that's what's great about comics is you can kind of. It's like a diagram, you know, right. you can just say like, well, this means this, right? This is what this means. And then you know what it means. And then you can go on from there. And, and from then on that, uh, you know, what is it called it's in, in movies? It's, or, you know, in, in, it's a, uh, something that comes back again in a motif, right? So right. it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's a visual motif really is that's exactly what it is. It's the dotted line means somebody who's missing, Mm -hmm. because of death probably but right. you know it, it means you know it's a it's a it's an emptiness a vacuum of, of something that was there that isn't that's what it means and so whenever it's there you're kind of like that's that thing you know and it carries with it the weight of of that the emotions God. right when you do that is there a specific are you, are you is it ever in your brain kind of a callback to other cartoons you've seen or is it something that you feel you came up with yourself the dotted line totally doesn't seem original. I mean, I... I think it's original in the context you use it. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would be. It's, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's like, you know, the thing you cut out, you know, it's like the right. cutout lines. It's just like, it's not there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, but I mean, used specifically to indicate a missing person, I would fucking lay good money on the table that it's been used before. I'm positive. Well, in the context of when, when the, the, the couple lost their baby, mm -hmm. and he's walking around, and he just has this, like, not quite a weight, but that missing kind of... Right. I've never seen something like that before, and that was really impactful. You know, the kind of dead bodies hanging on... He does that, he does that later when he thinks his girlfriend is gone, and, yeah. and her body's just hanging on him while he's, while he's walking around. Mm -hmm. Yes, that... Well, I mean, definitely that kind of like using it specifically to talk about that. I guess you know, I don't think I've probably read that before, but um, but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm using, I'm certainly like mining the depths of, you know, how you can use dotted lines as a missing, right. like you know, and what that you know how that feels to have, you know, trying to show how it feels to have something missing, is weighing you, you know, weighing you down. I mean, it makes me think of some kind of interactive comic where you ask the ask the reader like cut along these dotted lines and take this character out of the book you know <laughs> <laughs> one of those one of those awesome conceptual books from the late 90s where you had to destroy them to uh oh, to yeah. actually experience them that's the repair merlot just did that one it's this like sir like have you read their comics i haven't no they're this french uh duo and their their work is really really conceptual yeah um and their latest book, you actually have to physically cut the pages to reveal the panels, and oh, it's like Jesus. this surgically themed. Wow! Thing. They do oh, cool. they do really neat stuff. They, there's this web comic they did, that's um, it was for Angoulême one year, and mm -hmm. it's a cartoonist brothel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all these autobio cartoonists yeah. drawing themselves in this brothel. Nice. nice. So it's and uh, Louis Trondheim is the uh, the doorman. <laughs> I can't imagine what that would be like with French. With French cartoonists, because it'd be really, you could do like a parody, you know, like you could get like Johnny Ryan to do a parody of American cartoonists and how they would react to it in a brothel, which would be a fun book to see. <laughs> well, there's some interesting things, like they have, um, I think, 
Offrag? No, I'm getting the name wrong. She just did that book for Drawn Quarterly last year, like really gentle kids' books. And she's in there with like Keelhoffer. Oh, shit. And it's like the most like intense scene, (laughs) like this like really gentle thing with this guy who's like all his comics he draws himself naked. Yeah. He's like this big brutish looking dude. Is that the guy who did the comic where it's a million different versions yes. of him? Yeah. yeah. And he's like raping himself and yes. like attacking himself. That was very interesting. Fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I love the way that looked. And the thing of it too. It was really nice. And I talked to the, the publisher about the, uh, she, she was <clears throat> she was crazy because of the black ink. Like that, just to make it black uh-huh. and flat, she just talked at length about it. Which was reassuring to me because I was like, oh man, I'm not the only one that can talk somebody's ear off about something that <laughs> is but i mean it was cool it was really cool to hear you know how how labor into because she said like they, they did a whole print run where she asked for them to like do it you know because you you know they have a problem doing 100 percent, you know at times you know and he had such dense blacks and they were having a problem with the paper not drawing and then you would get the ghosting when you opened it up and it was, it was just an arduous process but it looks great. Print seems like really important stuff to your, to your work, like your early stuff being silkscreen. Yeah. Is that something that you think a lot about while you're putting a book together? Um, well, yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the sort of like, you know, ice cream sundae at the end of the uh, the long, long road trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like it's the fun, it's totally fun thing to do. You get to make something pretty. You right. Know, you get to... <laughs> Do all the stuff that you know, put a bow on it and right. tie it, and yeah, it's 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 great. And I mean, I think it's definitely one of those things that as I'm working on a book, I will you know think of at, you know think, oh yeah, this is like for instance, the next uptight, the cover is going to be. I mean, I'm super psyched when I just think about the colors. It's going to be black, white, red, which you know those are yeah undis- unassailable colors, and then to which I'm going to add. Purple and gold. Nice. I'm so fucking excited about that. <laughs> Are you still doing it the same way with like the block, like the kind of silk screeny style? Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, but it's all it's all with computers, yeah. and I mean, it's it's. I cheat so much. Like like this. If I if this were to be a true cover, that's uptight number three. Um. Yeah, it's uptight number three. If I were to be, you know, if this were to be like actually how it should be, um, like for screen printing, this. Uh, it would be this background color would be red sorry it would be yellow and then 100% pink and then the blue over it which do make black when you're printing with pigment but make a really shitty mottled like brown mud when you're printing with ink Mm -hmm. so this is all like that's just black and just printed black over that um it's cheating though I mean, it is because it's all digital, like, you know, it's all digital chicanery um, to make it look like uh, actual colors laying over each other. Is that why you still do prints yourself? Just to kind of like, I can do this right? Um, sort of. I don't, I'm not doing prints right now. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just doing comics. I've, like, it's just hard. So, like I mean I'm I'm I feel like I'm this close to not having a web store anymore you know where I'm just I mean for the for the time being like I said giving up on everything you know yeah. except like because I'm like the main thing I want to do I don't want to I don't want I want to get comics out that's yeah. really you know at the end of the year when I'm like oh it's December what have we got done this year you know I'm not really patting myself on the back for like the prints or you know like hey I made a couple postcards and you know like oh look at these I got these great illustration assignments you know I'm not I'm not feeling awesome about that whereas you know I'm like oh I've got this wall of comics okay and this year was not a waste and that's in your studio (laughs) when we went in there you have the comics like hung up above you I'll post a photo of it yeah the pages there yeah like hung up above you when you yeah, it's right. like a kind of constant reminder of like progress or I need to progress right. or everything Should get at off once. the pot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's seriously, I, I mean, that's the only thing that really, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's, I, I just have to put all my energies into that right now. And there's nothing, I'm just like, let everything else just kind of like fall where it may. I'm not going to not worry too much about it. You I know? didn't realize until earlier they asked me, we're talking just going through the uptights. Like, when did the last issue come out? Like, oh, a couple of years ago. Like, nope, Mm-mm. 2010. 
<laughs> long time ago. I know. I was startled when I saw that too. I was just like, it, but it's not like I haven't been drawing comics. It's just that, you know, I was like, let's finish Keeping Two. Let's just do that. Let's get Keeping Two done. And that was a lot of writing and a lot of drawing. And I mean, there's like, you know, since then I've done upwards of I don't know 120 pages or something like that. I mean, I, the pages have been done. It's just why haven't I put them into uptight? Because I didn't have I di didn't have the story to go along with it, and I didn't want to take a break from working on Keeping Two to work on the story that I had been running in uptight. The vicissitude. Um, yeah, vicissitude and the, the trash night, and you know, there's like a third chapter to that that is you know kind of half written but i'm like look i want to finish keeping two because you know talk about like uh, 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 2010 <laughs> keeping two was started in like 2000 2000 uh, let, let's see <laughs> something like that here i don't know if i put a publication date on that probably purposely. if i'm intelligent well, <laughs> oh, we, can, we can say this much. It uh, This story originally appeared on highwaterbooks.com. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Done. <laughs> Back to and this 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 cover was actually printed in John Pham's garage. Nice. That that exact cover. Oh, so, that's funny. Do you think do you think that you're currently or that in, in your in your adult publishing professional life, are you doing the kind of comics that you envisioned doing when you were first a kid thinking about doing comics or excited about it? Um or has that changed a fair amount? Also, your cat is amazing right now behind you. He's, he what always is. He just poses. And he's just like, what? Now I'm, look, now I'm like this. And then he like, will go over to the desk and like lean his front paws off of it like a panther. You yeah. Know? And I'll just let his front paws hang from the... He's... It's like the letter L turned sideways. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. This is great for audio. Yes. Yeah, just just, just right. for... Uh... No, but, but, but am I doing the kind of comics uh, now that... Uh, like when I was a kid, I envisioned... Since I started working on the Dark Nothing, mm -hmm. yes, I actually am. Like I, I, you know, I'm like this is your your recent science fiction work. Yeah, and, and I um, and I'm kind of like, it's been really hard because you have to build a whole fucking world, like everything you have to make, and then you have to think like, <laughs> is this you know, is this realistic or you know, or is this like reasonable and why and that how does this work with this and you know, you're putting together a world. Yeah, it all changes. I spent a really long time researching. Uh, different ways that people wipe their asses when I was doing science fiction comics because, uh -huh. because you just don't want to have a roll of, of no. uh, toilet paper in there. And then maybe they wipe it with something that you can use for something else? Yeah, exactly. You know, well, like, what, how does this happen? It's like that John Byrne comic. Or just don't they? Maybe they, they don't. don't. And what, are the, that's, what happens that's then? That's actually what I came up with right. in the end. But what, what was the John Byrne comic? <laughs> the, the, I think it was a Star Trek or something where it's like a pod that they just like go into. Like the guy stands in there. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. It's just a shot where it's just got a guy like basically sticking his pelvis into like a little pod while awesome. still so talking to someone. So it's like, it's like a sci-fi yeah. uh, bidet. Yeah. Like a, an ion bidet. Yeah. <laughs> Space bidet. So in, in creating, but even in your, even in your uh, work set in the real world, I always feel like when people do things in reality, that if they don't do it with certain guidelines, mm -hmm. that it'll almost feel kind of hollow. Right, because right. reality has everything in it that people have come up with. Right, and you don't want to have like I was reading a, I was reading a comic book and they were just casually throwing out like Robert Downey Jr.'s name, and and uh, you know just different famous actors in the comic and I was like this is just it makes it feel so hollow. Right, there is something about that, isn't there? Where you, where you actually put down a tent pole in reality and that canon, many times ring false. Yeah, as well. It's it's a fine line. I mean, you know, I I really do like the. Uh, not that I would say my work particularly shows it, but like I mean, I really do like the modern stories set in total modern times and the idea that you're willing to talk about things that are actually happening. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I think, and you know, I, I think that how that can remove you from the story is it's still a story you know and and it's not like a cataloging of the author's you know hates or or favorites or anything you know it's it's right. and, and when you enter that sort of like uh level of detail of current time then you I think you're actually losing something because I mean, even with you know, with any kind of story, 
comics. I mean, there's a you know, I think we're all familiar with the comics aspect, but even with like like the 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 writing, things have to be really almost formless, you know, with very little form to them, you know, and that way the reader can like you don't say it's a telephone with a crack, you know, in the corner, or, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a coffee cup that has stains running down the front, and you know, at nine o'clock and ten o'clock, and you know, describe it. You know, you're not painting a picture. You're like it's a coffee cup. Make the shape of it for yourself you know because if you go into that level of detail it's distracting and i think that's the level of detail that becomes distracting you know like right. like naming a celebrity or you know or whatever makes me think of that i've talked about this already on the tours the chester brown comic the there's the helper and then there's the one about how he did that comic uh-huh and how he cut out the panel of uh and then i was walking up the stairs and realizing, like, that's not needed. Right. Like, we don't need to get to this level. Right. We just need to, like, right. tell the story. And that's tell just the story. Kind of like it. It's like in movies when they don't say goodbye when they hang up the phone. Right. It's like there's things that you... Skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Get on with the story. Don't. Ever we don't come... need to know about these people's lives. Yeah, we don't so... need to see them wipe their ass. You know? Well, that we might need to see. <laughs> it depends. Well, because there's also that stuff I think about. It's well, it's the things... weight. It's the weight yeah. of reality. You know, it's like... It's like you know, you can always tell when a figure doesn't have weight to it or yeah. something like that, and it's standing weird. But, like, there's also the weight of detail of reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if some type of reality, type type of detail of that reality is missing or without weight, right. then the reality rings false. And if it rings false, then you're a bad liar, and uh-huh. nobody's going to listen to you. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Now, keeping to, as we said, started a long, long time ago. Um, long time ago. Long time ago. Years back. And I was thinking, I was reading it, and like, there's a part where there's a cell phone, and I'm wondering, like, is this something you've added, like, to the story? Mm-hmm. Because when yes. you started it... You I'm actually <laughs> really fucking... I'm racking my brains. I've got a list of possible solutions, and I'm not going to run through them right now because I don't actually remember them, but the girl goes to the fucking video store! Yeah. God fucking fuck fuck! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> 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 and it's good it's really good that's the thing I love on the wall of video and her standing there and I'm missing but I'm like okay the supermarket can stand but the fucking video store like I mean I'm, I mean, uh, on one level I'm willing to just go okay this is the time period when this is set and I can accept that and I don't think it's distracting on the right. level of a celebrity but it bothers me that it's coming out dated we have video stores in Vancouver I know that's that was one of the, that was actually one of the things where I was like, I need to get this fucking done. <laughs> my 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 technology is changing yeah. faster than I'm finishing my story. But also nobody nobody reading it is going to be like I mean maybe maybe there's going to be a 14 year old that's reading it and it's just like what's this? Yeah, but they can <laughs> movies be... in yeah object it's not form? in my pocket yeah. on a phone. <laughs> Yeah, but but that's that's less distracting because the video store covers a long period of time where if you put a cell phone in it, then it almost is going to be more dated because people can recognize when that cell phone. And that's the other thing: the cell phone. I put the cell phone in there, and the cell phone's dated. Yeah, you know, like if it's not a black square, it's dated. And, and I'm on has clearly has an antenna. <laughs> <laughs> that's good what keeping, the fuck you're keeping it set in the time period yeah no yeah. it's true it's true you know it's like no you're, you're right you're right it when the, like people had those cell phones and video stores still existed the early 2000s yeah yeah <laughs> when i started it <laughs> what do you think it is about this story that's kind of stuck with you all this time though like because you have like a shit ton of other stuff yeah um yeah, and beyond that have you had to kind of remind yourself why you like the story working on it no not at all um it's a it's it's uh, it's a story that I feel I can um, I guess I can keep coming back to. There's a lot of uh, I mean I already know how it goes too, you know, and it's pretty simple. But I mean, you know, in back what I was talking about the subjective experience, like this is meant to be the subjective experience of like somebody whose girlfriend doesn't come back when she said she would mm-hmm. you know which is just stupid you know you could be chill a little bit you know or whatever but like you know you start to get really worried and then she comes back you know and there's a slight misunderstanding but like there there's a whole bunch of other life going on you know within that and um and you know trying to look at it as like that's the sort of like dramatic arc um or like you know 
the big thing, the thing that happens, but tell all of the things that go into why. Why is he worried? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm looking actually forward to now because I actually get to talk. She gets, I get to focus on her for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, for, you know, towards the end. Maybe I'm bringing that up too late. Anyway. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's interesting because the book is, it's emotions. And it's a lot of different emotions. Because you've got, like, his anxiety, um, the one character's depression, the one guy's unsuredness. Yeah. Um, they're all negative no they all are that was another thing that's just driving me nuts about it i mean i it's it's ultimately has a happy ending and so because she comes back hopefully that'll be a happy ending i'm definitely freaked i'm I'm working with trying to make it matter because essentially you could look at the whole story and go it's a dream because he's just it's just in his head really the vast majority of all the drama is just stuff that he's remembering you know, and that's or is what links fictional it. Fictional in the book that she's reading, it. And, or it's 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 yeah, it's in the mind via the book. But, um, it's, it's still but he's remembering her reading the book. Something I mean, I, it gets, that it I gets... really was impressed about reading it again was how much you like if you, you did it over a fairly long period of time and you maintained the emotion the same way, which I, I find doing. Thank you. In that's, my own I'm work. glad I did. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's <laughs> doing strong emotion too is very hard, I think, and keeping it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of, when I, when I, I mean, I guess I, when I write, when I was, when I would write it, it would be like fairly, like I would write, you know, like 10 or 12 page chunks, you know, Mm -hmm. at a time. So I would be able to see that like bit. Um, and I kind of knew what was coming up. Um, the ending is still a bit of a vague blur. Um, and only because it's not like what happens, I know what happens, but it's like how it happens, I guess, is, you know, the difference, you know, how it goes about happening given the current course of events and why does that sort of matter? And, but I've known the whole, so the sort of like, I've understood, I guess, the through line. And it's all just like grief and despair and uh-huh. and me making it as bad as possible before the bright sunrise of the ending. I mean, I was just, I mean, you know, it's it's as simple as that. I'm just like, let's see how low we can go. There's something really funny about reading that stuff for me because it's so, it it, it does ring really true. And, uh, but I, I enjoy the cartooning so much that it becomes such a pleasurable experience to read. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, these people are in such well, pain, no, but oh my God, look at how nicely that's drawn. And oh, look what we did here. <laughs> That's very, I mean, that's really reassuring because, I mean, that was like, I, like one thing that I feel there could be more of in the story is, is kind of humor. And I really do appreciate it when, when, you know, like, cause you can tell the, like when the blackest of stories are told with some humor, they're better for it. You know, they're blacker for it, you know, and that I feel I'm, you know, there could be more of. And you know, maybe you know, I could be making up for that with the with the drawing itself. Hopefully, yeah, there's some counterbalance there because I am trying to. It's I want I want it to be an idea as much as a. a f- well, that's a feeling that doesn't make any sense, but um, I want it to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess. Well. Yeah. Okay. The drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I haven't considered like the fact that the drawing could like you know change the way that that you know awfulness feels. You know, right, I, I've definitely. been just kind of just like God, this story just gets so brilliant. Ugly. Well, like you, you're ugly, ugly. Like I'm like I don't want my kids to read this. This is horrible. Why is this coming out of me? <laughs> but it's real, it's real things that, that everybody. I mean, it is. I'm like, this is how people feel. People feel like me. Like, you know, that's a genuine <laughs> fucking feeling. Like you imagine it. You imagine sticking a gun in your mouth and she, you know, and you're like, nah. You know, fuck this. Yeah. You know, and that's a feeling. So I'm drawing that that thing that you think, you know, and that's that's and it's just fucking ugly sometimes. God Jesus. <laughs> but isn't that isn't that better than doing total escapism in work? Like as far as the I don't know, the catharsis of it, the kind of getting it out of you and feeling like you're making something valuable and not just, you know, Superman punching someone? Well, 
I mean, I don't know, because, I mean, for me to escape, I need, like, that hook. And that hook is usually the weight of reality. Right. You know, like, I, I, I can't, I, I guess I'm not, I can't go into pure escapism. Like, I need the wardrobe, you mm-hmm. know, or, or the twister or something. <laughs> you know, I need, I need it to start in, like, where we're at, you know. And, um, and so I, I, I guess I have a hard time. Like, you know, it's the weight of reality that I get, you know, where it has a thing, you know, where it's tangible that is, um, God damn it, I keep getting derailed. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a Hemingway quote that this cat is very derailing, but there's yeah. a Hemingway quote. Always it's, it's, it's like, an odd Hemingway quote. First, this cat is always derailing. Yeah. I think Hemingway said it first. <laughs> yeah. Past. Exactly. Well, he said something like, um, uh, first start with something true. Right. And I was thinking that right. relates to comics a lot. I always use it in reference to uh, to people that use uh, photo reference or things. Uh-huh. It's like if you draw something, if you draw a totally convincing real vending machine that people can relate, and then you draw right. like a cartoon bear using the vending machine, it, it like... You're fine. You're yeah. good. You can go from there. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, so and in, in, when it's pure escapism, I have a hard time. Like, I can't get into the X-Men. I, I like Batman. I don't like Superman. You know, like Batman's or not okay, that could happen. Totally. <laughs> you know, if you but got enough money. <laughs> I'm willing to base Superman's a more realistic background than Batman, but <laughs> And I mean and, and so that's it. I can't like I, I have I can't go like I, I like that like this is this could be a real thing. You you know. Like Iron Man, I don't buy it yet. <laughs> Maybe in the future, when but when not now. Fiction stuff too? Pardon? Oh, is that important when you do your own science fiction stuff? Yes, too? totally. Um Yes, although I'm doing, it has to be, yeah, I mean, it, it, yes, although I'm making some, I'm doing some, I, I don't know, it's, it, the problem with, uh, <sighs> research for the science fiction, because I want to, don't want to look like an idiot in right. front of, um, like, real science fiction authors, like, like, I don't, like, I don't want, like, like, Rudy Rucker, are you familiar mm-hmm. with, like, he's like a mathematician, uh, science fiction, he, he's, he's great, he, he, he's a mathematician, he lives in Northern California. I haven't met him yet, but like he's a mathematician and he's written some fucking awesome, like books, um, and he's also a science fiction writer. And he he like Asimov, who also was a uh, mathematician, um, and had the alliterative uh, combination of names. Also wrote about uh, um, uh, where your brain gets finely diced or whatever you know in some way and then uploaded to a computer mm-hmm. and the consciousness transcends that of human like the johnny depp movie oh my fucking oh, god yeah. it's happening people are fucking like realizing that is a possible thing um finally i guess i don't know it's exciting but anyway um shit what was the point it was that uh, real science fiction and real reality possible science yes fiction. so i mean when i'm working on that like i'm like i gotta do this fucking research because i'm i mean i try to like stay away from the real like the real details, mm-hmm. like the real, like this is why. And, yeah. I mean, that's boring, and it's you know debatable with you know when you're talking about the future. It's like you don't yeah. know the fuck people are going to come up with physics in the next like a large hadron collider isn't even running yet. It's going to be 2015 before it's even hitting things like it was supposed to. Like mm-hmm. we don't know what the fuck's going to happen when that happens, and we already found the. That the particle, the God particle thing, what was it? The, the uh, Higgs. Yeah, Higgs, the Higgs boson. Higgs yeah, and I mean, so who knows, right? So, but when it comes out, you don't want, or even down the line, you don't want like somebody who actually does know their shit to pick it up and go, well, this is total bullshit. Yeah. Because and I'm like, they could at least be like, nah, it's probable. You know, I, I can go with that. Or like, I don't, it's, you know, generally a frowned upon theory. But, um, I don't know. So, but but the thing is that that I feel like I have to do a lot of research or a lot of reading, you know. So I just you know can say one or two things without seeming like a total idiot. Yeah. And I'm actually like like in this story, he's looking for dark matter in the fourth dimension, which is dicey as hell. Yeah. You know, especially considering <laughs> that uh, you know it was you know the fourth dimension. And dark matter are both generally just like let's just use this as a catch-all for whatever, yeah. you know. And you know, and there's the whole spirituality uh, thing about the fourth dimension, you know, earlier 
in like the 19th century. You know, people were like summoning ghosts from the fourth dimension. Well, it's funny because our next interview is Ron Regine. He has a big thing about dark matter and uh, the cartoonist Utopia. Uh huh. Have I read that? I haven't. I don't. I, I'm not remembering exactly that one. I'm not going to quote it. Yeah, exactly don't quote it because yeah. it's <laughs> it's a special book. No, it's a great book. But it's it, an so in your science book. fiction stuff, is it? I'm wondering if the emotional, because I feel like you could do crazy science fiction and keep the same emotional grounding that's in your other work. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, um, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of what I'm after. Right. Um, we'll see. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm also trying to like, you know, tell a, a good story, you know, and I, you know, do, do have some crazy shit happen and, um, but I, I hope I hope it'll be I hope it'll really be satisfying by the time you get to the end of it. You know, it's only going to be twenty six pages. It's not going to be super long. Is that going to be in the uptight that's coming? Yeah, that's going to be in the next uptight, and and when I add the second color, it's going to be awesome. Oh, nice. oh so it's going to be color on the end. Just one, just purple, purple. I'm adding purple. It's going to be so fucking awesome. I really like the look of that. You're using gray grayscales in a really different way than in the earlier work. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because I get to use layers. It's fucking amazing. Like, I, I mean, for me, if I can use layers and I can fill, it, uh -huh. it makes everything so much faster, you know, just, just doing fill. fill. Well, we should tell people because, like, you're using Manga. I'm using Manga Studio Pro. There, I've come yeah. out of the closet. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's put it on the table. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got no problem with it. Um, I mean, I stopped being a Luddite. I stopped being like, I stopped giving a shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm scanning the goddamn things anyway. It is different drawing it. And I think faster computers are going to be better. But, you know, I find that you got to keep the number of windows open and the number of layers you have fairly low so that you don't, so that when you draw, it's real time. Okay. Other than that, it's fucking amazing. Because, I mean, before I would get out the you know, get out the different tracing paper and draw the shape and then lift that and draw the shape there and then lift that and draw the shape there. And that's how you would draw shapes to make them kind of, you know, to even have multiple levels of, of line art. Right. But now, just doop, new layer, draw it, doop, new layer, draw it. Oh, fuck, it's amazing. And it's just going to get better. And paper's just going to get worse. It's just going to get more bleedy. <laughs> And more <laughs> shitty until, like, you know, they make artisanal paper, which is $10 a sheet. And then it'll be amazing again, but that's not going to be for another 15 I, I years. I lucked out by starting on typing paper, so everything seems... There you go. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that, and that's the thing. Like, so, I mean, I could stop using ink, but I'm not so good with... Like, I'm better with a brush. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like brush is, like, my ideal way to draw. Like, I feel good with a brush. And I've, I've drawn with a nib. I use a nib. Um, and I, but I like a brush better, you know, and, and brush, you can generally get by on shitty paper, but mm -hmm. then I letter with a nib and it fucks everything up, you know, and I guess I could start lettering with a, with a, with a, like a micron. Right. That would make sense. But, you know, then I started weighing the two options and I'm like, paper shitty is getting shittier. It's, there's no like, you, we, I'm sure there's going to be like a uptick in paper uh -huh. quality at some point and then it's going to fucking decline again because nobody needs it. Nobody so needs it. When you work digitally, do you do you hand letter digitally? I do. Interesting. Yes. Because I, I want... I That's the great thing. I mean, digital has gotten good enough that it can capture the hand. Mm -hmm. You know, like what you're, how you drew it. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 I hand letter. Um, and I know that, like, I keep talking about speeding things up, but... I just did some night like until you get a font mm -hmm. where there are like eight different versions of the letter, mm -hmm. not just two. Yeah, well, two's not really... quite enough, and the kerning is still takes so much tweaking that I'm just like I don't have the time to yeah. make my perfect font. You know, something that I that I really enjoy about hand lettering is how um, it can sometimes even change. I do a lot of my writing while I while I letter with yeah. kind of a rough idea, and it can sometimes change the words you use even because of what fits in a panel. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Panel. Totally. Yeah. Does that still work in, when you're working digitally? Um, I can. Um, since I, I mean, yes. I, I there has to be that like nice balance of like how many words are there and how the words sit 
line upon line. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it has to look good as well as like read well. Right. You know, and that that creates the like that does actually shape what gets written for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but I mean. Yeah, no, it does change what I what I write, but I am but I am actually tracing when I write it. I'm actually tracing my own. Like I did make a font, mm -hmm. and I use that for for write for typing it okay, out, right. and then I just trace that. Nice. Trace it or whatever. Turn it down and just yeah. draw. Yeah. You know, write the letters, and it gives me a rough idea of the spacing. But I mean, just as I'm lettering it, I'm going, man, this like this font that I spent probably like three days, like really kind of fine tuning is shitty as hell compared to the actual lettering because it just doesn't it just looks clunky yeah you know and something i really love about about comic books is how you're really getting that the you're getting the creator's brain directly onto the paper and and kind of the more digital that gets thrown around the things that aren't the creator's hand it becomes less of that you know i agree it's the more shortcuts people take that uh it's the, le yeah, it's one that also snaps you out of, like, you know, the, like, sort of dream that you're in, you know, as, as you're reading the comic, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that was not made by this person, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like those comic books that always, you know, were, you know, they would have one drawing on the cover and a different drawing on the inside, and like, oh, yeah. I really like that cover drawing. It's always amazing when you see a better drawing on the interior than the right, drawing on the cover. Right, it is, shocking. That's the trick to do, because then you're just like, mm -hmm. wow, low expectations. And it just yeah. gets getting better. I was really interested in, um, it was two things I was thinking. First, kind of, I, I was wondering if you think that kind of, you have a lot of cartoonists around here, you have a lot of uh, kind of peers that are doing yeah. really cool work around here, and I was wondering if the work they're doing kind of... John Vermilia, that's right. He's oh, right up the block. Okay. Right. Like, like right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I was wondering if the work that those guys are doing influences kind of how you see cartooning and how you think of like... Like, do you have a community of comics that you think affects your work? No, I don't. Not really. Um, other than, like, being exciting, you know, mm -hmm. inspiring it. Like, I, I usually I usually see Steve, like, once a week. Steve and Johnny, I'll see. Steve, I, Johnny, Steve not Weisman. as much. Yeah, Steve Weissman. We usually have dinner together. Or, you know, families have dinner together. Mm -hmm. Your kids are on the same age? Yeah. Um, Charles is one grade ahead of Lucy. Okay. And they're both at King Middle School, which I haven't done the logo for. I'm not do, you, do you show up to the office you're like you know what could be better <laughs> totally no I mean that's what I was but like in my new like I'm like okay fuck that let's start on this oh let's... King is so good for middle school because middle school is so cruel and oh yeah totally. <laughs> just make it an the evil tyrannical tyrant. lion the, yeah. uh, the haughty lion yeah <laughs> um <laughs> another thing I noticed is we, we're, we're talking to John Pham later and his He's doing um, more science fiction-y stuff now, and you're doing science fiction as well. Because yeah. in the 90s, it, I feel like there was a real divide between um, the kind of, you know, fanographics, uh, indie comics, and... and Pope. What's that? Paul Pope. Well, Pope was a weird midpoint but he's but, he you can't you can't now he's yeah. he's he's out of time you can't, you can't put a can't, rainbow <laughs> there's no this paul pope is one <laughs> but uh but but there was a real divide between like if you're doing like genre you know superhero science fiction or whatever and indie comics stuck more much more with reality and it seems like it's blurring much more in recent years yeah well i mean probably because of boredom i mean i think everyone's getting comfortable and just no i think all that like, what else can we do stuff in the 90s was so i mean the good stuff was good Mm -hmm. And, but not, the '90s. There was a lot of really like sensitive stuff that was didn't go anywhere. Right. You know, I mean, not to be a dick, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, it was just it, I think it was just that like there was a lot of, um, I mean, yeah, I was trying to reality like let's legitimize comics, and I think a lot yeah. of people felt like you know like excited about the idea of of, of telling you know realistic stories. In, um, but you know, like Ed Brubaker got bored of it before everybody else, and uh, and, and, and moved right along. Chunk. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and just, okay, let's go over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, and and, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I've never been a super super fan of utterly realistic things. Like mm -hmm. my favorite stories have 
elements of like either the supernatural or you know altered consciousness or you know some strange thing um in reality you know but like the straight ahead like new yorker type stories i enjoy and i read but they don't like like really light my fire you know right. like oh you know that's cool i like it that's good um well what's some stuff that's exciting you right now like when you go to the go over to secret headquarters to oh, buy your Christ. products I just have to get a bag. I can't. I'm like I. I don't. I seriously yeah. don't have like a list of. Um, I mean, profit. I, mean, not to, <laughs> <laughs> I always, always pick it up. Totally. What about what about novels and things that's like comics or film? Um. Let's see. What am I? What am I reading right now? I right now I'm reading. I'm reading. Uh, I'm nearing the end of a Rudy Rucker science fiction novel, uh, called the Where Tetra Tetragy, which is like his most famous thing, and it's just this big thick thing. Um, I like and his name sounds like Scooby Doo saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Tetragy. <laughs> um, and then I'm reading, and I'm reading Alan Watts, and because it's, you know, it's kind of on. It's it's what I'm. It's it has to do with my story right now mm -hmm. that I'm you know trying. There's overlap, and then I'm reading a book on uh, another book by Rudy Rucker uh, about. Uh, the fourth dimension called relative it's rel geometry relativity and the fourth dimension and it just describes a bunch of uh, oh and a book called Flatland which is a book in, from like 1900 oh. or earlier or early it was written by like a schoolmaster who um, was writing about a world that was two dimensional right and it's experienced interacting with the th third dimensional world and it's kind of like a kid's story Right, and that is sort of a precursor to the Rudy Rucker book, which then uses that analogy in the third dimension to describe our interaction with the fourth dimension. And it's it's totally readable, you know. I'm swear to God, I'm not like a you know. It's not like a. <laughs> it's not super heady. It's it's pretty you know. It's pretty straightforward. Right. Um, like in terms of just like what, like straight up fiction, like. That Donna Tart book, The Goldfinch. Um, I'm in the middle of that right now, and I'm a big Donna Tart fan. She's fucking awesome. And if if you want to hear a good audiobook, True Grit, read by Donna Tart, oh, is nice. brilliant. Oh yeah, do you do you listen to things while you work? I do. Um, I haven't been listening to as many audiobooks lately because I have I haven't been. Um, I went off. I stopped downloading torrents, mm -hmm. you know, for a while. I didn't get a warning letter or anything like that, but I was just kind of like, it started getting really hard because a good site went off, Demonoid went off. Yeah, yeah. And after that, I was just like, okay, I got to get it all revved up again. And I mean, I, I you know, you got to get into the exclusive sites and that's a pain in the ass. And I had done that before and I just didn't have the time to do it, you mm -hmm. know? And so my, my, you know, audiobook collection is not, you know, I've listened to everything. In it. Right. Um, so... I just will listen to, you know, a couple audiobooks at a, at a time. And, you know, I've listened, I listen to podcasts sometimes. And a lot of the times I don't listen to anything, you know, because it's usually when I'm drawing. When I've got all, everything taken care of and it's just like the whoop-de-doo of making it pretty. Right. Um, then I get to listen to stuff and that's super fun. Right, because the other time's kind of thinking time. While yeah, I'm trying to like see it all, put it all together. Um, and I've been finding lately that... Um, while I'm drawing, I don't listen to anything either because I'm still kind of, it's like there's more putting it together that's happening. Right. Um, so I've actually listened to less and I, I'm kind of trying to like push myself to listen to more now because hmm. I'm like, man, you are not like, because <laughs> that was a nice time to like absorb a whole bunch of stuff while you were working. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, I right now I'm definitely not listening to a whole lot. But, mm -hmm. like, podcasts, like, I listen to, like, there's that one that Neil deGrasse Tyson does. Oh, nice. Um, that's a really good podcast. Um, some of them aren't, but most of them are pretty pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then SoundCloud. Oh, lots right. of Lots of good music on SoundCloud. I guess I listen to that. It sounds like the book you're working on now has similar elements to the Rucker stuff you're describing. Is that, are you reading Rucker 
those particular books are worth mentioning because yes, because I don't want to look like an idiot. Because to learn, okay. Yeah, because I just I don't want to say anything really stupid. Like I'm I'm just gonna kind of try to, you know, <laughs> patch it all together in terms of the story. I. Not an astrophysicist, so I'm just trying to. Like... I was thinking though, there's um, what's that science fiction author who I always talk about him and I always space on his name. He wrote a series of books, his short stories I know really well, and they were written before the first uh, moon landing. Uh huh. And oh, wow. they're total nonsense, and they're really entertaining. He has an idea that when you go into space, um, like when ether you go... or something. What's that? When you go into space, that space waves will flood the ship and give you huge amounts of pain so he has these guys it's kind of right i mean that's like yeah absolutely no yeah. seriously that's why we can't travel to mars oh, without yeah, yeah. dying i mean but his idea massive is that, amounts um, of pain delayed but yeah yeah radiation. <laughs> his idea is that when you send people in with their nerves cut oh shit there we go and and so the way that they combat it is eventually they cover ships with a with a um, a wall of sea life, and the sea life is just in constant pain. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. Yeah, but the guys who go into space oh, and have their nerves cut so they can't feel anything are called Ubermen, and they have boxes on men their chest. without feelings. Yeah, they have boxes yeah, wow. on their chest that control all of their things that they do. And there's one day that they can uh, they plug into a wire and they can feel things for the, for that one day is their Whoa. day off, and it's called the crunching, and it's about the crunching? day. Yeah, crunching. <laughs> I was thinking of that because it is really good stories that don't relate at all to real science. Right, or right. Maybe, maybe it did to science at the time. Maybe. I, I mean, but theories. it's like, that's what's that's one of the great things about science fiction is you can really, like, you know, you can lift those good old, you know, like, this means this, yeah. you know, and you can just, like, show that in reality, you yeah. know? Like, this is a thing that exists, this fucked up, like, these men with no feelings. Yeah. You know, this is why. And that's, I, that is, that's terrific. I love that. Right. Yeah. Or maybe even you're, we're using it as like an analogy for reality. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, exactly. And I think that's really exciting. And, um, I mean, you know, and then, you know, I think the other aspect of like how my approach to science fiction would be like Ray Bradbury. I always like, he's my, like, if I had to like say like best science fiction Ray Bradbury, and mm -hmm. he's not exactly science fiction, right. you know. <laughs> it's you sure it's on Mars and all that shit, but you know, still, it's not. It doesn't have that same like, like it's not like Asimov, where he's yeah. like, okay, I have this totally awesome idea. I've got the whole world mapped out, and I'm going to tell you about it, which is also exciting. But for me, it doesn't have the same like uh, personal tie-in. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have the. It doesn't have the lift. You know, that like Ray Bradbury where you're really like, you know, it's, you get you in that story and you're like, fuck. You know, and that's that's where I, I'd love to put people like that at the end yeah. of the story, you know. And uh, so, you know, and, and I, you know, even nowadays, it, but, but that said, Ray Bradbury, totally prescient. Like, mm -hmm. fuck, if you, like the end of Fahrenheit 451, I mean, his, just his most famous book, and why the fuck haven't anybody said this? I mean, it's O.J. Simpson at the end of that book. It's insane. It, oh. That whole book is fucking describes what happened with O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fucking insane. Like, it's, everybody's watching it on their TV, and there he goes, right. just right it's by. Amazing. It's, and, and that was written in the 50s. Right. 50s? Yeah, it was the 50s. I think so, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, for somebody who's not, like, you know, rooted in deep science, he, I think he was more of a sociologist, probably. But, yeah. uh, uh, you know, he, he does some pretty incredible, like, you know, things that, you know, result from reality. I mean, you know, or like the Velt. I mean, what, our TVs are almost big enough for, like, full screen. Or was that yeah. was that Fahrenheit 451 where they had the four full screens? Okay, mm -hmm. that was that. Okay. No, we don't. We're not at the belt yet. That's that's still Star Trek. It's funny too. I was reading. Um, I was reading a book where Robert Heinlein was talking about his. He was a bunch of his letters to his editor and everything. And as weird and out there as his work can be, right? He was. He seemed to have a huge amount of pride always in in him being like a predictive. Uh -huh. author. He's like, uh -huh. I'm. I'm going to be thought of in the future, as a as like a, an author who like did predictive fiction. Right, like right. completely forgetting that his stuff is like chock full of orgies and <laughs> cannibalism. Hopeful. And, hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was our interview the other day. Cannibalism is funny. Oh yeah, we talked to Junko Mazuma. Oh, nice. Japanese oh, artist wow. and uh, 
a lot of cannibalism in her work, and she just laughed at us when we were like, yeah, it's cannibalism. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Um, thanks for taking the time with us today, Jordan. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is really Thank awesome you. to come by and come into your home and see your work in space and cool. sit at your table that and have great. your bubbly water. And yes. So remind your folks, Jordan's going to have a new uptight out, hopefully in December. Yes, this year, for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Hopefully sooner than December. And then Maybe. one day, one day keeping to. And yeah, keeping to, I mean, Jesus, I'm only 40 pages or so from the ending. So that should be pretty soon. Just get a bunch of energy drinks. I mean, it's the thing <laughs> is I have to go back and diddle the beginning now. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> But that's okay. Well, I look forward to it. <laughs>